Uncharted Journeys. I'm your host, Kathy McKnight. If you're like me and you've ever sat back and wondered, how did I get here? Whether literally or figuratively, in terms of your career or life in general, then you're in good company and have come to the right place. On Uncharted Journeys, you'll hear from amazing women about their straight and narrow, zigzaggy, or somewhere in between paths to success. Today's guest is a woman of many talents, operations mastermind, author, speaker, coach, and sailor. Her professional life, I like that term so much, so much more encompassing than career, which sounds really singular and narrow, so I'm totally going to be adopting that moving forward. She's had, uh, it's been varied and, and super interesting from mixology to administrative to project management and engineering degree, the chance to learn all about how to run a business to publishing a book, as well as coaching CEOs of multiple types of companies. She's a professional civil engineer, Lean Six Sigma Greenbelt, and a certified change management professional. She's worked in a variety of sectors, including government, corporate real estate, professional service, and entrepreneurialism. And it was in this last area where she really found her groove and has spent 15 years as a fixer, also love that term, and fractional COO for companies spanning the hospitality, retail, and service industries. Recently, she shifted once again and now spends much of her days as a Vistage chair uh, facilitating CEO peer advisory groups. I'm not exactly sure what that entails, but we're going to hear all about it. And I have a feeling it has something to do where people in their peer groups are benefiting from my guest's decades of diverse and vast professional successes. Outside of work, she loves to travel and sail when the winds are favorable. She also volunteers and shares her career experiences as a mentor to students at her alma mater of San Diego State University. Welcome, Jessica Hickey. Thanks, Kathy. Glad to be here. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. I mean, those were really the bits and bobs, um, very high level. Can you tell our audience a little bit more about what you do and, and you know, what your job is today? Well, today, as you mentioned, I facilitate CEO peer advisory groups. And facilitation is the key word here because it's about um, not being the expert in the room and helping people answer their question, their own questions about decisions they're trying to make, problems they have and really helping them contribute to their own success as a group. So it's like having your own private advisory board and going to a place that's safe, you can be vulnerable, bring up stuff that you would never bring up anywhere else and and have people support you in that journey. I love the idea of having that peer group um, Mm -hmm. and the 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 nature that you'd absolutely need to allow yourself to be vulnerable even to sign up for that mm-hmm. um, that means that you've got to be although I'm sure you've you've run into people who weren't quite there yet they thought they were but they weren't um, you've got to be at a such a maturity level both from a personal self awareness a career mm-hmm. etc to put yourself out there that that's not a easy thing to do no it's not. And we define at Vistage, we define vulnerability as the willingness to ask for and accept help. It's not laying down as a doormat. It's not, you know, here, here, stab me in the heart. It's really more about, I need help. I don't know what to do. And you get perspective and all kinds of of experience from these groups because there's people that are from different backgrounds. It's a family business. It's a private business. It's a public business. And, and so they have experience and perspective. Their education levels are different. So there's all kinds. It's that mix. It's that world mix, if you will, around um, in a group of 16 or so people that are really focused on their success and everyone else's success, too. That's such an amazing thing to be able to provide someone to, to have that space. It's something that not a lot of people find. 
So, um, wow, I could see why, why you would love doing that. And certainly the experience from, from what I've gathered is that you, you're the perfect person for it from a, a background and, and the different, I love, I love the fact that you've gone from mixology to being a professional engineer. It's, it's, you know, I'm sure there's threads throughout, uh, which we will yeah. dig into. Um, but how about we get started with, uh, the, the rapid fire Q and a, you bet I'm ready. So what was the first career you remember wanting to do when you grew up? Oh my goodness. You know, in my generation, we didn't, we couldn't do this, but I aspired to be a fighter pilot or a doctor and actually a management consultant when I was five. I had no idea what it was. But, you know. <laughs> so non-traditional, a little bit non-traditional. The women in my generation, you know, the women in my generation can't be, couldn't be fighter pilots. I'm the right size. I'll fit in a fighter pilot, a fighter plane cockpit for sure. But uh, it's uh, my parents never told me that I had to do anything or be anything very traditional. I'm not a nurse, not a teacher, even though my mom and my grandmother were both teachers. And uh, my mom switched careers late in life, which was pretty cool. But, uh, you know, my mom was also married to three engineers. So I had all that in my family as well. So, yeah. So engineer <laughs> is and, it, you know, what's interesting is so my, my father's an electrical engineer and all of my aptitudes back in, in school would have made engineering probably like the perfect fit for me. Mm-hmm. But because my father was an engineer, there was no way I was going into engineering. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, yeah. and don't get me wrong. I my dad and I have always had a great relationship. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we, we, we like the same things. We do a lot. I get him. He gets me like, it's, it's, it's not like, oh my God, I'd never want, but if there was something I'm like, nope, not going to do it. So. <laughs> and I never thought I could because, you know, math story problems, actually math's okay. It's the story problems that I didn't like. I got into engineering school and said, oh crap. <laughs> story <laughs> Mm. <laughs> but I, so I, I gotta, add, I mean, I love the firefighter, fighter pilot. It sounds mm-hmm. like from, you know, our first interactions now, mm-hmm. like I can see the, the punchiness, but management consultant, where did I that have come no from? idea where that came from. I, it was one of those things where when I finally went into consulting and then started my own business, I looked around and said, Oh, this is what I was thinking about when I was five. <laughs> so, so you, you did I mean, get there. I did. Had no idea. I had no idea that's where I was going, but you know, that's part of the, the crazy journey. I feel like, you know, it's, it's this looping around. That's just nutty, but yeah, it happened. Oh, that's good. And I mean, there's certainly elements of, of what you've done over the years to Mm -hmm. that akin to the fighter fighter or the firefighter and the fighter pilot too. So you've, you've managed to wrap all of those things into a career that, you know, probably didn't exist for us. 30 years ago when we started out. So no, um, no. well done you. Thank you. <laughs> Who's the first big influencer on your life that you remember? So my mom's second husband, my first stepfather, he was a mechanical engineer. He had a specialized niche. He worked hard, but not more than eight hours a day, which is really interesting. He said, be efficient when you're at work. And uh, he also was a sailor, which is where I get that from. I, my husband and I actually now own the boat that he had. It was, we inherited it when he passed. Um, He planned his work life to support his life life. And we should all be that smart. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah on that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And certainly sailing is something, it's it's not something that you just go and do for an hour, right? That's something that takes time. So it's a big time management in order to Mm -hmm. really embrace and enjoy that. 
Well, think about it too. Um, you know, it does take time. It's, it's a day and it's yeah. a pleasant, it can be a pleasant day in any way, but business is a lot like sailing. If you take a look at my LinkedIn profile, I talk about this. You've got to have a crew. You need wind. You need a course. Where am I going? You adjust constantly. And when it gets really turbulent, you don't take the sails down. You reef them, you make them smaller and you position to be in the right place when the, when the storm passes. Yeah, I love that analogy. I absolutely thought that was such a such a good one. I um, growing up, I did a, a lot of sailing until until we moved uh, and weren't. Um, uh, well, not I, I grew up in Montreal, so I'm on an island, so surrounded by water. And then now live in Toronto, which you know Lake Ontario is not far from here. But grow, when I moved here. Um, didn't have a car because I was only 15. So very dependent on my parents to get me places. And they're like, uh, yeah, that's not happening anymore. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, but um, just, I can see, I un- totally understand your passion for it. It's just such an amazing, freeing experience for those who, who haven't done it. Uh, should definitely try it at least once if you like water. <laughs> If you're not worried about water, a sailboat's not the boat to be on. Absolutely not. (laughs) Um, Is there a song that epitomizes your career path or maybe one that you're really clicking in with right now? Yeah, let's get this party started by Pink. Love it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I had a, a relatively steady career path for a number of years, but when I finally decided to take things in my own hands, that's when the fun started. It's kind of like, let's get this party started. And that's how I feel every time I walk into a Vistage meeting. Let's get this party started. Let's see what happens here. And, you know, I've had an absolute blast the last 16 years, and particularly in the last three and a half when I made the pivot to to chairing Vistage groups. So have you seen Pink in concert? I have not. On my bucket list. Yes. Yes. On my bucket Uh, list. Went this year, and I am a a music junkie. There's not too much music that I don't like. And I'm always game uh, for a concert. I, this year, I've totally leaned into it. I've been to more concerts this year than I probably have, in, <laughs> well, obviously, because of COVID, but in the last five. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, her concert was just absolutely spectacular. Um, I have not seen Taylor Swift. I keep trying to get tickets uh, more for the experience. I'm not even a big Taylor Swift fan, but I feel mm-hmm. like got to see what everybody's chomping at the bit about uh but pink hands down top mm-hmm. three concerts i've ever seen in my life noted i will go back to pursuing that yeah, absolutely <laughs> worth the flight to wherever you can get tickets yeah well i just got the news that i'm gonna see i have a musical bucket list which is bands that okay. i want to see before they croak okay <laughs> <Not me> them because <laughs> a lot of music i like it they're old and i just got news that we'll be seeing one of those bands next april <laughs> so who are you seeing scorpions Wow. Oh, heavy metal girl. <laughs> yes, <Love> I it. am. <laughs> Love it. That's yeah. awesome. I've been, uh, I've been ticking off a bit of a bucket list, sort of, I've, I'm calling it um, revisiting my youth or my wayward mm-hmm. youth. Um, so just saw Depeche Mode on Monday, oh, wow. saw Duran Duran uh, in September, mm-hmm. um, Pet Shop Boys earlier this year. So just totally going back to my, my teens, yeah. my 80s, 90s. <laughs> rock so great music in the 80s let me tell you oh so good right and i love it that my kids love it too it's what we brought them up on right Mm -hmm. so that was the music that they listened to so um i have friends who are like your son wanted to go to tears for fears with you i'm like yeah of course he did because that's what he knows to it since he was zero (laughs) that's right in utero um 
what are three words that you would use to describe you and your career? Sure. Learning, pivoting, unexpected. And uh, much of what I've done has happened because I happen to be in the right mindset in the right place at the right time. I didn't know it was coming. Like I said, I was five when I wanted to be a management consultant, didn't even know what that was. And, you know, there I am, you know, that many years later. But some of the things that I've actually ended up doing for work, I didn't know existed until they were put in front of me. And a great example is I, I managed construction projects for years, thought I would for the rest of my life, finally got tired of it after 35 years, went to my boss and said, I can't do this anymore. And he said, oh, great, go over here, do this. Go, go learn how to do value engineering. Like, what now? <laughs> Went over, looked at it, talked about it, learned it, had a great time for years with it. So it was just, I, I was ready for a change. Something was put in front of me. It's that whole learning. Well, I'm curious about that. What, what, what do I need to learn? What do I need to do? And just love it. And it sits in with my facilitation beautifully. So, you know, it's just, things were unexpected. And I said, oh yeah, okay, I'll do this. Being being open to new opportunities has been really something a theme. You're, I think, you're my mm -hmm. sixty or sixty first interview um, on my show, and it's it's definitely something that a lot of the women that I've spoken with has. It, it's either been a pivot point for them where they've been uber a type organized, planned. This is what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to be a lawyer when I grew up, so I did well in school. I went to, you know, I got a, a degree in whatever, then went to law school and then started off in law and figured, oh my God, this is not what I want to do. And it wasn't until they stepped back to allow themselves to see what was actually out there. Mm -hmm. But this, this opportunity to, to, or the taking the opportunity, making the opportunity in some cases, um, has certainly been, um, one of those things that I think probably more so for women than men, um, has led to our success. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be open to it and uh, open and curious and willing to take risks, you know, within, within your risk tolerance. I mean, everybody's got a different risk tolerance. Mine's fairly high. So <laughs> I'm going to go on an adventure you know, with that. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So what has your career journey been like besides varied um, yeah. and um, varied yet there's this this thread of consistency as far mm -hmm. as the things that you've done and and where you've really leaned into to find success. But what's it been like for you? Well, I think I like to call it untraditional and slightly backwards. Uh, <laughs> OK. And, and backwards as in flip flopped, not not backwards as in un, uh, you know, uneducated. But uh, yeah. I, you know, I worked right out of high school because I was a lazy student, didn't like college. And I actually was trying to be a micro, not a microbiologist, a, an epidemiologist. And I discovered I don't like biology or microbiology at all. And so it's like, okay. And so I worked for 10 years and went back to school because I was so interested in construction. And I ended up through a long set of stories doing an engineering degree, civil engineering. So I could keep working in the, in that industry because I loved it. And like I said earlier, um, I wanted to be in construction forever. Little did I know that 35 years in the future, I was going to do something different. And um, what I didn't see for a very long time was that construction projects are a lot like starting and ending businesses. You build a team, you get a budget, you, you do this thing, and then you're done. And maybe you sell it, if you will, and, and walk away, start another one. A little bit of an entrepreneur kind of mindset. 
And so that really, that actually helped inform my later consulting work because of, you know, this start, this cycle that goes on in starting and stopping businesses, figuring out how to run them, how to make them run efficiently on budget, on time. It's lots of parallels in there to running a business. So construction, an mm-hmm. interesting choice, not typically one that women, especially, you know, like you said, 30 years ago, leaned into. Yeah. Was that, what was it about the construction? I mean, going from an, from epidemiology to <laughs> construction, many of my audience probably sees the link. Maybe for me, you could. There is one. I mean, like I said, microbiology kicked my butt. But yeah. uh, chemistry, mathematics, that that was okay. And uh, so I really, but I really didn't want to be in school. I wasn't interested in it at the time. And I needed, I, I, I actually needed to grow up a little bit and, and figure out what was interesting to me. What, what was I willing to stick to? Um, I'm a little bit of a hyperachiever. So I, I went overboard in engineering school at first, you know, sought, fought for straight A's, got my first C, cried and went on. You know, so it's like, I don't have to be perfect. I can just, I just need to graduate. So I graduated and I just need to graduate, but I graduated and I knew where I was going. And so um, if you look at a personality profile I've done, I'm very focused on goals, very, very focused on goals and, and the result. So um, I knew what I wanted to do. Engineering was going to get me there. And so I kind of left that epidemiology piece behind. And But in engineering, you know, you get to do all kinds of stuff and you get to fix things there's the fixer. (laughs) You solve problems, you, you know, you do calculations and construction is you are creating something. So it's, it's an act of creation and different every time. Yeah, that's so I, I, I can see the draw to that. Mm -hmm. Was there a defining moment, something, a decision where it really impacted the trajectory of your career? Like really you, whether the penny dropped, whether somebody said something, an opportunity was presented where it really like, yes, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Well, in, in my moving around, I went from an owner's project manager that is working for the people that are paying for the building to a consulting construction manager. And as I walked into the company and got to know them a little bit better, it was a professional services firm. I looked around and looked at the operations side of the business and said, it's really disjointed. It's nobody understands its value or how it can be better. And I, I said one day, I watched my boss and I said, yeah, you know, this needs to be under one person and I'd really like to do it. So I wrote my own uh, job description, got the job, uh, got it all together and then realized I'm a really bad employee. I'm, I don't like to work for other people, but I love to help businesses run well. And that was when the shoe dropped. So I managed to get myself fired and I started my own business in operations management consulting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. risk tolerance, very high. <laughs> so, so I got it. I, could you maybe got yourself fired? Was it like, I'm, you know, you need to let me go so they pay you out? Or was it like... <laughs> Not many people proactively seek to get fired. I'm going to own it. I actually did something and they said, you need to leave now. (laughs) So so I did. And, you know, honestly, as I look back, best thing ever happened to me. Yeah. And lots of people will say that. It's just that there's a little bit of trauma with it. But, you know, 
and and I part of part of my journey, you know, is about pivoting, learning, and it takes a little resilience to do that. You got to be pretty sure that you're going to bounce back one way or another. Yeah, I can always yeah. get a job. I just don't want one. Oh, I hear you. I, I figured I figured out a long time ago that I am not a good employee. I I love what I do just because mm-hmm. I, I love what I do. But um, I like being a, an independent consultant because there I have yet in 12 years to come across anyone that we've worked for from a company, from a client perspective, where I haven't been able to be professional and mm-hmm. at times magnanimous and put on the thick skin and be pleasant and professional because I know it's short term because I know I have a finite amount of time and I don't have to spend my life looking at this person or working for this person when they don't either understand or appreciate or are just flat out wrong. Um, That's okay. And, you know, as a consultant, you get to tell people they're wrong. Yes. They'll take it. That's kind of fun too. (laughs) But it's, it's, you know, it's, People have tried to hire me and I've, I, my answer has been, you know, I'm really honored you ask. I really don't want a job. You can't afford me. And after six weeks, I won't be the expert from out of town that you're trying to hire right this minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you lose your value. It's, yeah. it's unfortunate because there's, a, as I'm sure you have found the companies you've worked for, there are a lot of brilliant, insightful individuals within the organization who are saying similar or at least close to what we go in and and tell them maybe we do it in in more depth or in a different way but because of this investment the outside voices is so much more valued and listened to which keeps us working so i'm all for that but yeah (laughs) could we make that work better inside yeah exactly yeah yeah Yeah. it would be better (laughs) i have an industry friend who is a uh, she's a change management specialist um, Jenny Magic, who sh- she kind of takes what we do, so what we recommend, and then she would be able to say, okay, this is how we're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Not the not the technical aspects of it, not the the roadmap of of execution, but how to work the change to make it happen. Because yeah. change management is 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 the killer of all projects, right? That's the one people. piece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, see, we're on the same page there. So yeah, change management. What's, yeah. your, what's your current role like? So you talk about being a fixer, mm-hmm. but you, as you explained at the outset of our conversation, um, you know, you're a facilitator, right? Yeah. So you're not about being the expert in the room anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's about the support and being a guide as opposed to fixing things. So how, what's that role like for you now? What are some of the challenges and compromises you find yourself making to lean into that role? Well, the biggest, the biggest challenge is running, moving from being the expert in management consulting to having to be quiet. I'm not there to be the expert. I'm not there to be the management consultant. I'm there to help people see their way through decisions and help them make better decisions and help the room help them all make better decisions. So I'm the one, I mean, some of the most amazing moments has been when I've not talked, (laughs) which is, rewarding and, and, you know, keeps you going on. I don't have to say anything because these are really smart people and they are. And, you know, I get up in the morning ready to work with people who are leading little businesses, big businesses, and I get to contribute in some way to their growth and success. And part of that is through not being an expert. If they want my expert opinion, I'll ask permission to give it to them if they ask me. And 
but it's really saying what would work for you. What about this? What, what's, what are you thinking about over here? What's, what's keeping you from giving yourself permission to do the thing you know is right or that know that will be right for your business. So it's um, that's a challenge in asking the good questions. And a lot of people say, this is a lot like business therapy. Okay. (laughs) But I also have to remember nothing is broken. You know, this is, this is a mantra. Remember nothing here is broken. We don't have, there's nothing to fix. You're all a room of problem solvers. And I'm trying to help you teach yourselves not to be such a set of problem solvers, but to help your, help your people solve the problem as well. And, you know, there's a, a little bit of the challenge is juggling the schedule of meetings. I have 40 CEOs that I work with. So that I work monthly. And so, you know, it's, it's a scheduling thing. And, and also remember to have time for myself and make sure that I'm recharging. So I'm there completely present with them in every minute of a, of a meeting or a, a conversation. But when you can see a leader growing, it's amazing. You know, when you see the company benefiting from the changes that they're making, it's amazing. Yeah, I can imagine it's incredibly fulfilling to see that, you know, when that epiphany happens or when that breakthrough of, like, you just see them get it. It's this, this, and their whole composure changes, I'm sure. It's this, yeah. it's this, just this, like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. like, the clarity that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I, it's also really fulfilling when I see them have the courage to come forward with something that's really bothering them, something they may not tell their spouse something they certainly don't tell their family or their leadership team. And they're able, they have the courage and the safety in the room to really bring it forward and get some help with it. So, I mean, not that any of your clients would want you out of the space, but if you weren't in the coaching and fixer space where uh, this is Jessica's alter ego and you can do anything, be anywhere, um, no restrictions on anything, what would you be? What would, what would you be doing? I would have a master's in fine art and I would be working on restoring paintings. It's a combination of art and chemistry. Ah, so you're a big art gallery. I, uh, I went to art history in college and, and loved it right up to the impressionists. And so my big deal is Renaissance art. And we just came back from a vacation in Italy where I got to spend time in the Uvizi. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very different from what I would be doing now, but, uh, very, very, um, uh, solo kind of work. So, you know, but yeah, yeah, what I'd be doing. It's interesting. I'm, um, as my listeners have heard over and over again, I'm an an introvert by nature. So while I love having like these kind of conversations and I'm good to get up and speak in front of a room or, or facilitate a workshop, I really do recharge by stepping back and spending time just with me. Um, and my dogs, of course, (laughs) they can be anywhere with me. I'm, I'm good with that. And I, it's also something that, Um, I find people who do what we do where we're, we're working with, um, a lot of intense conversations and there's a lot of, um, uh, pressure to succeed, right. Both on your part, because you want to make sure that your clients are, are getting what they want, but also Mm -hmm. there's a lot of pressure on your, from your, your clients' perspectives on making it right and, and getting out of it. So 
to be able to step back and think about a life where it's like you in a painting or me, it's, it's landscaping. I would love to, mm-hmm. you know, be a landscape architect where I spend my day in a garden and get to do a whole bunch of different things yeah. with my hands, get dirty, but also create, right? And building those, those beautiful gardens and spaces. Well, unfortunately, I'm a complete extrovert. So the more I meet with people and talk to them, the more energy I get, even though I need breaks in between. So if I were if I were restoring paintings, you would probably hear me singing or talking to the painting or <laughs> talking to myself. I love it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> or talking to my friend Harvey over here in the corner, you know, whoever. But uh, yep. yeah. I'd be running my mouth. <laughs> so. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, for our listeners, maybe uh-huh. particularly the, the women in our audience, what would be your best piece of advice on life or career, anything really that you'd like to share? Sure. Really, the bottom line is you do you, boo. Be you. You know, learn, pivot. If a job's your, your jam, then, you know, don't worry about having to know it 100% because think about it. Women have babies all the time and you have no idea what you're doing, right? We can learn. We can figure it out. Um, Find a tribe, take an adventure, worry about work-life presence rather than work-life balance. Be present at work as best you can. Be present at home or wherever you are at best you can, uh, as best you can. Tell the truth without blame and believe the people that believe in you. Oh, I love that. Believe the people that believe in you. I cannot remember who I can attribute that to. It's not my original statement, but I heard that and went, oh my goodness. Sometimes you just have to because I I can't get it out of me. So I'm going to, you know, somebody's going to tell me I'm, I'm amazing. Okay. I'll take that because I don't feel amazing today. (laughs) I believe you. Yes. And as you know, and I think, I mean, men too, um, but certainly Mm -hmm. women uh, suffer, I think a little bit more, from mm-hmm. the, you know, got to know it all before I do something perspective. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lord knows guys will just jump in, you know, oh, surgery? Sure. I watched, you know, I'm a big fan of VR. So here I go. <laughs> That's right. I really don't want a YouTube doctor doing my append- appendectomy, but that's okay. Seriously. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> Although it is amazing oh, what you can learn on YouTube. I got to say. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I love that. Believe in the p- people that believe in you. I that is that is one for my book. I, I keep a, a book of of things like that, and uh, that is absolutely getting written down. So this Actually, has been a mate. Oh, yeah, that was a, a state. That was a quote from a woman that spoke at a Vistage conference. I do not remember her last name. She was a certified fighter pilot trainer, and she had uh, a twenty year Air Force. Um, 20 year air force career. And I think it was one of her commanding officers that said that when she was waffling about applying to be a Thunderbird. Oh yeah. It's so good. It's yeah. I'm totally going to use this one on my kids. Awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> so in closing, where can our audience audience find you web? Any, are you speaking anywhere? Um, got a book planned. It sounds like you could write an awesome book. Well, I have, I already have a book. It's out on Amazon. I'm going to, I'm, my goal for 2024 is to update it to a second edition because it's about communication and the changes brought by the pandemic are, have affected how we communicate. So I'm looking Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, Right now you can find the first edition out on Amazon. Uh, It's stop pushing string, getting decisions made with the five languages of business. 
And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Those are, I have a fairly narrow you know, people acquisition range, but uh, that's the best place to find me. And uh, all my contact information is out there. That's awesome. I mean, the fewer places, then you get all the messages, right? You don't have to keep checking yeah. everywhere. So I think that is absolutely amazing. And yes, I do remember your book now because I was, uh, as I was prepping for this call, I was digging into that. So uh, look forward to the updated version in 24. Jessica, this has been so great. Thank you so much for today's conversation. I love your, parent, your, your passion and your commitment to transparency. That is something that uh, we often don't see. And um, it's it's so refreshing when somebody really leans into that. And so this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Oh, thank to you. my audience. Oh, to my audience, thanks for listening to Uncharted Journeys with me, your host, Kathy McKnight. I hope you might enjoyed my conversation with Jessica and hearing about how really nothing is broken. This isn't about fixing things. It's about doing things better and uh, really realizing your goals by leaning into the opportunities that you may or may not see coming. So making yourself open to those. And if you're keen to hear more amazing stories from amazing women, you can head over to unchartedjourneys.net and listen to some of the other episodes. You can also sign up for our email list as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. So thank you again for listening. See you next time. And until then, enjoy the journey. Coming up.